0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to the show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I. Well, you're you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're gonna ask yourself is how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're gonna need a hosting site, and if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Seidman. Thank you for joining us on this Monday, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, whenever you listen to it. It is week zero, folks. Week zero. The first week, technically, of college football. And there's like six or seven games this weekend, highlighted by Nebraska-Illinois. I use the word highlight with air quotes, since this is a visual medium. It's week zero. There's real college football on this weekend, and if you think I won't watch it, you crazy. I'll watch some of the garbage that's going to be on there, but I don't care, I am. Uh, we will get back to our regular scheduled programming next Monday. Andy Mitz, Jamie Steyer, my beloved co-host, will be back with me. We'll be back to normal on our Monday, Thursday schedule. But for today, I want to wrap up our Sell Me On series. This is one thing we've been doing um, for each of the eight remaining Big 12 teams that are not OU or Texas it has been a fantastic series. I have loved every single one of these. They have been great. If you haven't yet, go through and listen to each one. I suggest you do it in order, starting with Oklahoma State all the way through. Whether you're a fan of Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, West Virginia, Texas Tech, TCU, Iowa State, Baylor Today, um, I think you should listen to them all. I think they are fantastic. I think they're great. Of course, we are doing Baylor Today. That's our last one. Evan A. Bear. Spelled Evan right. Hebert, H E B E R T. I keep wanting to say Herbert because Hebert's a weird thing to say. It, no one spells it, you know. Anyways, uh, spelled Evan Hebert on Twitter, Brailer personality there on social media. I wanted to bring somebody on different for Baylor, and I'm really glad I did because he has a very different perspective on this whole thing. It's a much more positive and optimistic outlook than anyone else has had, including myself. About this entire situation, And I think it's it's less optimistic and more just of uh, accepting reality and making the best out of it. So Evan's going to join us here in a few minutes. Fantastic episode! I really think you guys are going to like this one. I want to wrap this up, series up so we can start focusing on the season on Thursday. We got a lot planned over the next few weeks. I'm very excited. Speaking of plans, um, I am I am very excited about something I want to talk about right now. We launched this 1012 network a few weeks ago after realignment, a podcast network dedicated to the Big 12. Conference, Um, we have the Ten Twelve podcast here, which is our flagship show. We have a Texas show called Fire the Cannon, a TCU show, a TCU show called Hit the Horn, Rock Chalk podcast for Kansas, Raspy Voice Kids for West Virginia, and Midwest Madness, which is our men's and women's Big Twelve basketball podcast. And I love every single show. This has been fantastic. This team of people we have together is great. If you are not subscribed to every show, you are missing out. I promise you want to be at least give every single show a try. That's all I ask for. Is give every show a try. Pick an episode, check it out, see how you see what you like. Subscribe to the ones you do. I suggest you subscribe to them all. I think they're all amazing. I wouldn't have brought them on. And yes, we will continue to add new podcasts for different teams until we have all the teams covered. It's just going to take a little bit of time to, to weed out and find the right people or the right shows to bring on board. But I'm very excited because we have our first network sponsor. Now look, I have, I have mentioned this in the past that I would prefer to bring on advertisers that I like or for things that I actually want to use or do use. I have brought on one particular podcast advertisement for a month for something that, that I, I wasn't 100% sold on. But I did it anyways. And I hated doing it. And I regretted it immediately. But we did it for the full month. And we got our payment. And then we were done. And so moving forward, I'm sticking by my guns. I'm going to very closely vet who we bring on here. Because I want it to be somebody that I believe you guys will like. You guys and girls. And something that I want. Like I want to do. Like I'm excited about it. I want to be excited about it. Because I, I, can't, I can't even remotely try to sell you on something that I'm not excited about. I can't be like... Okay, and our advertisers today. Like, I love fricking Homefield; it's so good. I love Lazy Fair Coffee. It did. I want. I, I love being part of Anchor. I love running the Anchor ads because I love being on this 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 hosting service for our podcast. It's great, and so I'm very excited to announce our first network sponsorship, and that is Symbol S I M B U L L. So let me explain to you what this is. Symbol is a stock market for sports. Allows you to trade sports teams like stocks, earn cash payouts when your team wins. Um, it's a new way to invest and profit off your favorite teams without the high fees and high losses of gambling. This is not gambling; it's legal in all fifty states. You don't—it's not like placing a bet on a game where you win or lose. There's no house here. It is entirely a stock market for sports. So you buy shares in teams, and you can sell those shares. You can keep them and keep them as an investment, and you earn air quotes, dividends, basically a a small fee each time your team that you own a share of wins, okay? I love this. This is like a new, this is a new thing that is beginning to kind of get on the rise. The sports stock market. It's starting, it's it's in the early stages and this isn't the only company, Um, but this is something that's becoming more popular and I am excited to be kind of on the ground floor with this company. Uh, I love this thing. It's super awesome. I'm going to put 50 bucks down before the start of the season. I have some teams I want to buy. I'm, I'm very serious. Like, So they have NBA. They have NFL. They have MLB. They've had those for a while. But they just launched college football back in July. They have every team on there. You can buy a share of pretty much every power conference team. There's no there's no G5. There's only power conference teams right now. Okay, That includes the Big 12. And I'm I'm pumped. Let me let me let me explain one of the fun things. Um Kansas is the cheapest team you can buy. You buy a share of them for $14.30. Ohio State is seventy dollars and seventy eight cents a share. It's it's some money. Alabama is up there, Clemson, Oklahoma. Iowa State is currently a fifty eight sixteen. They are the fifth most expensive team you can buy a share. They're more expensive than Georgia, than Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Oregon. I'm not touching Iowa State. I'm not. I'm going to buy a Kansas share at $14.30. Here's the other one I want to buy a share of. Kansas State. They're the second cheapest share I can buy at $29.79. Kansas State is cheaper than Baylor, West Virginia, Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Texas Tech is more expensive than West Virginia and Baylor. And basically, what, 54 cents cheaper than TCU? Oh, I'm not touching that. No. Guys, this is so freaking cool. So if you're someone who's always wanted to you maybe you've been kind of intrigued by the whole investing thing. Pennies, you know, it's not penny stocks, it's investing. Like you're gonna put some money in this. But if you like the idea of trying to get into the stock market, but you don't want to have to learn about the stock market, well, you already know about college sports. You already know about your team. This is a great way to invest in something you already care about and make some money off of it. It's basically a great way to make money off of being a college football fan. So, here's what I want you to do. Symbol.app. S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P. Symbol.app. Just go check it out. Peruse. Look. Check it out. Please, do. Okay? It is so much fun. The free account, the Symbol.app, free account. Go ahead and make one and just poke around then when you're ready to invest, when you're ready to buy a share, put in $25. Use the promo code NETWORK12, okay? When you do, you're going to get one week free of Symbol Gold. A one-week free subscription is Symbol Gold. And what Symbol Gold is kind of need, now if it's free trading, because technically a trade is, it costs a dollar to make a trade if you don't pay for this. It's free trading. It's personalized daily reports. So you get, each morning you get a report Um, including an update on your account, your win payouts, teams changes like price or new analyst reports. You can kind of find out what's going on. And you get a team analyst report. So if you were part of a team of traders, you can find out what the whole team is doing. We're going to set up a team. Okay, I have a free account set up. I'm going to put 50 bucks in. We're going to play with it through the year. Okay, I'm going to have teams that we talk about as far as Buyers and sellers, and who are buying, and who's on the rise, and who's who's trending backwards. And I I would love to add teammates. I would love to add you guys as teammates from the ten twelve to listen to the show. So I want you to go to symbol app s i m b u l l dot a p p. Set up a free account. When you decide to make your deposit, deposit twenty five dollars to start off with. Play around with that. Use the promo code network twelve. Okay, and you can get a free week of symbol gold. I think you guys are really gonna like this. I am I am pumped. I am pumped for this thing. This is super cool. It's a super fun way to make some money off of off of college football, make a little bit of money off of paying attention, without feeling like you have to get it right or you're gonna lose. Okay. There's no there's no house to lose to here. Go check it out. I think you guys are gonna like it. I already do. Alright. Okay, with all that said. Evan A. Bayer, sell me on Baylor. Let's get to it.
0: Are you a Big 12 basketball obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long. With exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.
1: Alright, so it's time for our final Sell Me On, and today we are we are finally hitting the Baylor Bears. And I searched long and hard to find... A unique perspective on Baylor for this one, and I and I found him on the uh, in in the I don't know the halls of Twitter if you want to go if that's the best way to describe it. Um, Evan Abear, if you know him as at Evan, it's spelled Herbert or Hebert, but it's Abear as I learned, so that's a good thing to know. Evan, welcome to the ten twelve man.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to uh, hopefully drop some knowledge, but uh, the the end goal is to not embarrass myself too much. So so cross my fingers there.
1: There we go. All right, well, Evan, let's just start this the way we typically do. Um, sell me on Baylor. What is it that you, if you're Baylor, and and, a, and a, the door is open to to pitch the university to another power conference as a potential landing spot? Like, what is Baylor selling?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when when you pull Baylor into any conference, if you're thinking about athletics, you're getting you're getting a school that's going to compete for a championship in basically every major sport. You know, the the football team is. Um, got a couple conference championships under their under their belt the last few years. We've, we've had a little bit of a rocky four- or five-year stretch um, with a one-win season and a two-win season. We also got, um, you know, a New Year's Day bowl as well as a, a berth in the conference championship where we ran into a, a really good Oklahoma team. But outside of football even, you know, we've got women's basketball and men's basketball that both have championships in the last three years. Um, I think we're the only team not named UConn that has more than two NCAA championships of women's basketball. And we're the only Big Twelve team to win a national championship since Kansas did, I think, close to 20 years ago. So you know, when you think about the sports perspective of it, we're we're going to be able to compete pretty much with anyone in the country on any given year. Maybe not in all three sports in the same year, but um, we're we're going to make any conference better when it comes to basketball or football. You know, we're not going to we're not going to come in and uh, I want to say only win one or two games, but that's something we've done the last few years. But we're we'll make any conference better. So I think that's sort of the biggest pitch when it comes to sports. Uh, But we are a a private school, you know, in Central Texas, which, um, you know, being in the South, I think being closer to the AAC or the SEC makes sense geographically. But, um, you know, the Baylor crowd has proven that it'll travel well. So if we end up somewhere like the Pac-12, I don't really see a path to like somewhere like the Big Ten or something like that but I think if we land another power conference we're going to make them better and if the chips fall where we land you know in the American Athletic Conference I think Baylor's position to I don't want to say dominate but they're in a position to where they could be competing for titles you know in every major sport multiple times a year so um, as someone who just likes to watch Baylor play sports I'm excited to see where they land you know if we hit the the Pac-12 or somewhere like that um, it'll be cool to you know, travel out to Stanford and Oregon and stuff. But, you know, if we end up in the AAC, travel into um, Houston, other more local spots, I'm excited to be still be able to drive to games. Um, so I think we bring a lot to the table and I think the fans really just, I don't know if we have a preference at this point. I think we're just wanting to uh, talk about something else rather than conference realignment, you know, every, every 18 to 36 months.
1: So, I mean, realistically as of today, now, I, I have said on here the two schools I am the most worried about are Kansas State and Baylor for different mm. reasons but a variety of reasons I mean honestly how, how would how do you and Baylor fans feel right now about the prospects of Baylor ending up in a another power conference
0: mm. yeah that's a good question so um, i I want to lead with I can't you know speak for all Baylor fans I'm sure no matter where I go here someone's gonna tell me I've never been you know more wrong in my life but um, I think we're just Excited to prove that we can compete on a national level, without having to not ride the coattails of teams like Oklahoma and Texas, but to prove that you know we can travel out to California, we can give USC a, a run for their money in all major sports. We can hit Washington, Stanford, Oregon. Um, I don't really see us hitting another Power Five that's not the Pac-12, but I'm not the most well-informed there, so other people could probably speak to that a little more. But if we were to land, you know, in the AAC. Um, I think the fans would be excited about that. You know, a lot of Baylor fans, uh, obviously, there's a lot of us all over the country, but a lot of us are centered in Texas, you know, other southern states. So being able to fly, you know, an hour long flight to get to games, I don't think you'd find a lot of Baylor fans that would be mad about that prospect. Uh, you know, we wouldn't be competing against teams like Oklahoma and Texas and, uh, you know, Alabama and teams like that if we landed in that conference. But I think. Uh, there, there's a good argument to be made for landing in uh, the AAC and be, being able to use that as a, a path forward to a potential playoff berth in the future. Um, so yeah, I think I think we're excited. And I think that no matter where we land, there's going to be a ton of people who called it and a ton of people who think this is like the end of you know Baylor competing in sports. So um, I'm trying not to put my foot on either side of that line too heavy because I know people are going to end up disappointed no matter what, but we land, but we've got a really good athletic director. He has made Several home run hires at this point, so I, I think the leadership of him and our president um, will will land somewhere good.
1: So, what's interesting to me here is you're the first person to come on who has talked positively about the potential of having to be in the American and not right. talked, you know, just about why that would be bad for the school. Because we all understand, like that's a it's it's going to be a massive financial hit, even if those schools pair right. with the AAC or if you bring. Four schools from the AAC into the Big 12 and keep it mm-hmm. and reshape it. Like there is a financial hit for everybody of right. somewhere around at least 14 million dollars a year, mm-hmm. and that's I mean I, I know Baylor has more money than people realize, and they do. I mean, they're a smaller mm-hmm. private institution, but they've they've got more money and they spend. I mean I believe Matt Rule was making like oh my gosh I forget how much, but he was he was making a significant amount of money as right. they coach to yeah. Baylor. So it's not that Baylor doesn't can't spend when they need to, but you lose that kind of money, it's, it's going to have an impact. So I am, Mm. I am, I guess I'm intrigued by explain to me why the idea for you of landing in a conference like the AAC is, is not as, it doesn't seem as doom and gloom as most people are are talking about
0: it. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in any situation where you're going from being in a conference with Texas and Oklahoma to being in a conference without those two people, the, you know, some of the biggest revenue generators in the country, um, there's really not a place you're going to land outside of the sec that you're going to not take a financial hit so i think at this point it's you know um we're going to be wringing our hands over the financial hit no matter where we go so i'm you know speaking on my side of things it's where can where do i want to see my team play can i get there do i think we can win um and i think with the two most realistic options on my side being you know either the pac 12 or the aac um i think we got a chance to win and i think we've got a chance to travel and we're there's no situation we're here where we're going to be making more money than we are now, you know, with re- revenue splits. So um, that's just something I've sort of given up uh, factoring into how I feel about it. And I might be alone in that, but there might be other people who, you know, are significantly smarter than me that have a, a better argument to it. But that's just sort of where I am. You know, when, you, when you're when you in a conference with two of the biggest revenue generators in the country, um, them leaving is going to take a hit no matter where you land. So that that's just something that hasn't been as high on my list of things that i'm like ranking when i'm like dreaming on what could be the future of the situation for us
1: yeah no i think it's a, a very different approach than most of us have had um mm. which is i think it's not a bad approach at all i mean we're all facing a reality that you know unless you're landing in another conference at this point the only one i actually think there's a realistic shot that's going to expand is the pac 12 so and who knows if they had two, four, or any at all? You know that's not everybody. So there's going to be a harsh reality for at least some of the Big Twelve schools that remain. Of this is the reality you're going to have to exist in. And so, mm. what is the best reality moving forward? Hey guys, I want to take a minute and talk to you about the official sponsor of the Ten Twelve Podcast, Homefield Apparel, the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere. And I. <laughs> I say comfortable all the time. I try and emphasize comfortable all the time. I try and tell you it is the number one t-shirt in my closet, and I say the number one. It's a, it's about a about a five-way tie right now between all of the home-filled shirts that I currently own, and it will grow to probably about, a, about an eight, nine-way tie after I add a few more for my birthday coming up, and and once this next Big 12 school is released and I can add one of its shirts, Right now, there are five Big 12 shirts available, as you know. Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and of course, Baylor. They have some of the best Baylor shirts you will find anywhere, okay? The Sikkim Bear shirt, it's amazing. The Baylor inside the Texas, it's great, okay? They've got a Men's Basketball 2020 t-shirt, 26 and 4. They've got a Lady Bears basketball champs tee. If I was going to buy into them, I'm going to be blunt with you. That's the one I want to buy. I want the Lady Bears basketball champs tee. It's freaking awesome. They've got a basketball tee. They've got a hoodie. They've got sweaters. They've got a tank. They've got everything you need as a Baylor fan to look your best and be your most Baylor this college football season. So go to homevilleapparel.com. Do us a favor. Use the promo code NETWORK. 12. That gets you 15% off your first order. And all orders of $70 or more get free shipping because you're not going to buy one thing. You're not. So let's say you buy a couple of Baylor Baylor items. Maybe you also like Army, Florida State, Missouri, Buffalo, UC Irvine, Notre Dame, Indiana, Colgate, Franklin College, Miami of Ohio, Tennessee, or Northern Illinois. Because Homefield has more than 100 schools on the site and they're adding more all the time. Big News Saturday Season 2 is currently on their way. They just added Florida and Georgia, who are now the number one and number two sellers of Big News Saturday ever. And by a large, large, large amount, there is another Big 12 school coming. I can't tell you who it is, but I promise it will be coming soon. We're closer now than we were at the start of Big News Saturday Season 2. I'm just going to let you know. So, Baylor fans, they've got stuff for you. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, Iowa State. Things for you. More things coming homebuildapparel.com, promo code NETWORK12, 15% off your first order. Be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere this football season. So, so from that standpoint, what what would you prefer? Having Baylor go into a, an AAC and help, and having that conference grow, or mm-hmm. the eight teams that are currently in the Big 12 sticking together, which is what I think is probably going to end up having to happen because I, I'm, I'm just not sure I'm comfortable seeing any of the other power conferences actually expand from an adding team standpoint. If the eight right. teams are forced to stay together, they're going to have to add teams to the conference and they're going to cherry pick mm-hmm. what they end up being, they believe is the best and most impactful school. So which do you think would be better for Baylor staying together and adding or just moving to the AAC and hoping it stays the way it is?
0: Yeah. And that that's a really good question. And I think there's a few different ways to sort of unpack that. I think if I'm casting my vote today, I would, I would want, you know, the eight teams to stay together, maybe invite a team like a a UCF or a Houston or a BYU, um, maybe a little selfishly, because I think it'd be really cool for the Big 12 to stay together and, you know, a a team to come out of the Big 12 and hit the playoff before either, you know, Oklahoma or Texas can get there in the SEC. Uh, I don't know if that's like a good long-term strategy, but as someone who like really is just here to get jokes off like that, I think is the best possible scenario, you know, sending an Oklahoma State or a TCU or a Baylor or really any of the other eight teams. Um, to the playoff out of the Big 12, I think would just be the best possible situation. Not to say that, you know, Oklahoma and Texas don't have a chance to be really good in the SEC because, you know, I think they do. At least I think Oklahoma has a chance to be good this year and next year to get to the playoff. Um, I think Texas has the people, but I don't I don't see them, you know, making that leap in the next two seasons. Um, I'm sure that's going to come back to haunt me if they do. But, you know, uh, <laughs> so yeah, my vote would be to keep the Big 12 together, add a few teams in because, Um, I know that big, that Oklahoma and Texas are really, you know, the obvious largest names in the big 12, but that's not to say that that has to be the way it is forever. You know, we pull in a few teams, um, we establish ourselves as a really good conference, you know, not only in football, but, you know, basketball and baseball and the other major sports. Um, I think it'd be great. I think there, there's always more room at the top for teams to make a name for themselves and if it happens with the Big Twelve bringing in a few names that are more independent or you know newer newer brands, uh, I'm all for that.
1: Okay, so you you dropped a few names in particular. So I want to mm-hmm. this has been the because my whole thing is like I think they're going to end up sticking together. Um, mm-hmm. I think they should go back to twelve if this is what happens. Ten doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. There's not two. You're gonna I think you're gonna need to add four to probably get to more value, um, and you mm-hmm. need to have you need to have a larger collection of games um, if you're going to try and sell it. However, that's going to work. So if you go to four, what four teams do you think that you would add, or you can come at the angle of, do you think would be the best additions for a, a reformed big 12?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And i candidly, you know, that's not something I put a ton of brain power to, but I think there's a few obvious ones out there. I think Houston would make a ton of sense um, I think BYU kind of checks out as a, a weird, small, private religious school. You know, we'd have some uh, some com- camaraderie there. Um, I know UCF has talked about joining a major conference for years now. I think that'd be fun. Uh, Baylor could, you know, get a little revenge from a, a bowl loss a few years ago. But outside of those three, and I don't even know if those three are at the top of anyone else's list, but outside of those three, I don't – there's not really a ton of names that jump straight off the, the page to me that I think, oh, yeah, absolutely, we would want to add, you know – or a, a team like Notre Dame. Like I don't really have a, a, a working list of teams like that. So I don't know if that's something you you put a lot of thought into. And uh, if you agree or you disagree with, you know, teams like Houston or BYU. But I think the the only one I'm really confident is I think Houston would make a ton of sense.
1: Well I think your first call is BYU. Um, mm-hmm. if you want to go by TV numbers and and that it matters. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's your biggest if you're gonna look at like, a real true free market teams, which be poaching from the AAC or the mountain West or independence. Mm-hmm. BYU is your most readily available biggest brand you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you have to add them if that's what you're going to do. Um, I think after that, uh, I think you have to, the problem is if you add BYU, you've already committed to being geographically all over the place by having a team out in Utah and West Virginia. Um mm-hmm. So I think you have to add – if you have BYU, I think it makes sense to just go ahead and add Boise State. What people don't realize is that Boise State in Utah – or and BYU, I think, are only like a couple of hours apart as far as um, distance. Like it feels like they're far apart. They're not. Right. Um, Boise State's still a brand. I know that they are on – not the decline, but they're not what they were under um, Peterson. But still, mm-hmm. it's a brand that's been established. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think you have to add at least one of the Texas teams. I I, mm-hmm. I think it's Houston. I don't love adding Houston. I think it only benefits Houston. I don't think it benefits anybody else. Um, um, but at this point, you know, it, it's probably a move you have to make. Mm-hmm. And then the problem is Cincinnati's TV numbers are terrible. Um, mm-hmm. so SMUs are worse. SMUs right. are almost like 200,000. Worse, so I, I don't think you can consider SMU. I think it's too small. Cincinnati, mm-hmm. the brand keeps growing, and if they could have a, an amazing season this year, that 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 can help them because now you have a marquee brand to bring in. So that to me, a Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, Boise State makes the most sense. I get UCF, but I, I UCF USF is combined. Okay, so um, we've been talking about uh, Zach Miller, who kind of ran the numbers on 2015 through 2019 on as as TV numbers, right? Mm. Um and BYU ranked in this list. Where did they go? Forty six, seven hundred fourteen thousand average mm-hmm. views per you oh, know per game uh, or per year. That's seven hundred fourteen. USF and UCF combined for ninety six. Mm-hmm. Like BYU alone is so much more valuable than UCF or USF. And I get the UCF like there's other advantages to it getting in the Florida market, all these other things. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you could, You should be stretching yourself from Utah to West Virginia to Florida. I just, I don't think geographically yeah. any money you make is going to be spent now on travel. And so I, mm-hmm. I don't like, you have to try and make, you have to make some geographic sense. You're not going to kick out West Virginia. I don't think they're going to have a landing spots. So you're, you're with, you're, I hate saying you're stuck with them, but the two are stuck together, um, whether they right. want to be or not. And um, so you have to, I think you're going to have to keep that in mind or you're, you're setting yourself up for, I think a lot of difficulty for the whole conference by spreading yourself out that far.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think you make a good point about BYU. And um, if you're going just off the TV numbers, I mean, I think they're a, they're a home run on day one and, you know, Baylor actually hosts BYU this year. So we could maybe get, I saw a preview of what that could look like, you know, in retrospect, a few weeks after the game, check the numbers and see if, you know, that lines up um, with, I would assume the consensus is at this point. But um, yeah, I think, I think that makes sense. Um, I hadn't put a ton of thought to SMU I you know as just a fan who loves to be able to drive to games I think SMU would be cool Um, I think that's probably the best argument for SMU is that it would be cool I don't think there's a lot of you know concrete uh, arguments to be made there but I'm sure other people have thought that out a little bit more than I have Uh, but yeah no I think you're right I think West Virginia to Florida to Utah like that that's not sustainable and it's not really what anyone in any of those places wants anyway Um, so I'm really interested to see how it plays out and you know whether or not it happens a year from today, or actually five years, as people are saying that they're they're targeting, I I kind of doubt that it's going to take the full five years. But um, uh, I'm interested to see how quick that sort of gets rolling. I wouldn't be shocked if you know this is the last year everyone's all together. Um, but that's just sort of from a an outside perspective. Just being really interested to see how this does play out. Um, obviously, Oklahoma and Texas are massive markets. Going to an already massive market. Um, I start to wonder, you know, if there's, you know, there's only so many eyeballs for a screen. So how, how are people going to, to handle that? But, um, college football fans are resilient, I'm sure they'll find a way to get a few TVs in front of them at the same time.
1: So to clarify now that I finally Google mapped it because I kept failing to do so Provo to Boise <laughs> is a five and a half hour drive, which isn't okay. close, but it's not that far. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, um, we already have further drives right now between every right. team in Texas to West Virginia. So, right. <laughs> So obviously the big news for Baylor in this past week was the incidentally putting out their findings, I guess you could mm. call them or or their final turning the final page on the mm. sexual assault investigation and, and Baylor's part, the university's part in that. And basically it's, it's done. Um, it feels like the story is finally kind of in the rear view, unless there's more case, court cases that I'm not aware of. I don't feel like those mm. are going to be in the public eye as much. So, I am curious from your perspective how, how everybody knows about what happened. <clears throat> like there's no like okay well we're just going to forget it's not going to have a role in decisions made. But right. I'm curious your thoughts on knowing what we know now where things stand with the NCAA. It, it's it's been 6 years roughly. Mm-hmm. What kind of impact do you think that has? Because that's the that's the biggest stuff. That and and some of the the religious rules in the handbook have have been the things that have been the concern as far as Baylor landing a home outside mm. of the Big Twelve, just because of the Pac Twelve is not keen on BYU. There's some similar issues with Boise, with with Baylor, and then of mm. course all the other things that Baylor's had going on there. <clears throat> How much do you think that is the thing that's going to keep them out of a power conference, or do you think that's just something everyone's kind of clung to and and is overstated?
0: Yeah, that that's a good question, and it's it's uh it's hard to sort of package the the sentiment around Baylor fans you know in a a quick you know 90 90 second two minute response but I think you know any any Baylor fan who has like just a a normal healthy brain will tell you that like not a ton of people are relieved at what came out of this because I think the only real um, the only real punishment that came out was from a player who like cheated on a test a decade ago and I think not only as people who you know if you claim to be, you know, this this religious society, um, you don't feel like there's been really a lot of closure for a lot of people who are really impacted by this, um, and for the NCAA to come out and say, "Yep, after five years, um, a lot of bad stuff was going on, but uh, nothing we can act on." Um, I don't think anyone is sleeping better at night. I think a lot of people are are still hurting from it, and I think a lot of the Baylor base itself has um, try has spent, you know, a lot of the last five years turning into, I don't want to say champions to progress, you know, sexual assault, um, justice and redemption for people. Um, so it's tough, you know, if, if you are someone who only thinks about, you know, the football program and moving forward, um, you probably did breathe a small sigh of relief to know that your team's not going to be, you know, um, get the death penalty or anything big like that. But, uh, I think a lot of the Baylor fan base realizes like this, um, this isn't the way that that chapter is going to close to give a lot of closure to a lot of people. Uh, I know I'm kind of rambling on that point, but, um, I just wanted to sort of make it clear. There's a lot of Baylor fans who aren't happy with how it came down. And I think a lot of people nationwide are thinking Baylor got off easy. And I think a lot of the Baylor fan base would agree as well. Uh, there's still a lot of hurt out there and a lot of people healing from it. So, uh, with, with that sort of out of the way, I think, um, like you were saying, it's well-documented what went on at Baylor and the the shortcomings of the university and the football staff in particular. But um, I would say the last four or five years, Baylor has taken a lot of positive steps to not only ensure that this doesn't happen again and put safeguards around that, but to to lead the front moving forward as, as a school that is working to be a safer place for all people. Um, And I think that is something that you can only prove with time. You know, you can't just say like, Yep, this happened, but we're not going to do it again and we're better now. So take our word for it. It's something that's only going to be proven um, being champions of that cause and moving forward um, with progressive ideas to safeguard all people on campus. Um, but that that argument is only going to go as so far as the proof behind it. So you can't just say like, yep, add us to your Pac 12. Um we learned our lesson. You know, I don't think that's something that's gonna hold a lot of water, both online and in real life where, you know, these conversations, these, these ideas take place. Um, so, you know, I think if, if we were 10 years down the road from now and Baylor's done a great job of um, making their campus safer for all people and holding correct parties accountable, um, you could reach out to a conference and say, hey, this happened nearly 15 years ago. We've cleaned up the university. Everything is uh, you know, straight in a row. We have everything looking good. We think we'd be a great addition to your conference. Obviously with the way the timeline has gone, um, that's not really an argument you can throw at a conference. Uh, I do think Baylor has taken a lot of really great steps in the last few years. Um, cleaning house was a great first step. I do think there's still more work to be done, um, not only on Baylor's campus, but nationwide to address you know, sexual assault and, uh, making sure people are held accountable, but I think I think Baylor is working hard to put one foot in front of the other and be a place that you can look to for um, for inspiration on how to do things correctly. I don't think we're there yet, and I think if you told people we've been there for a while, you'll get laughed out of a room. But I do think that is sort of the goal that they're heading towards, and and the more evidence we have around that, we can we can make a strong case that we are a good addition. You know, when it comes to things like that. Um, and again, that's only a time thing. And that I don't think time is a thing that uh, a lot of schools have on their side right now when realignment is kind of looming. So it, it's tough. I mean, it's it's a, it's a very easy argument to to start and to call upon when you're trying to make an excuse for Baylor not to join your conference or not to be someone that your school is affiliated with, especially when you fold in all of the, um, you know, Baylor is an explicitly Christian university for better or worse, you know, depending on who you talk to. So some, there are some, you know, pockets of the country where that is something you you want to have on your side something you want to have on your team and there's other places where that's you know a little bit too sticky of a situation you don't want to mix a already healthy environment with sort of not not an unhealthy environment but a change a, a different perspective maybe um, so it's interesting I, I trust that the Baylor leadership is going to be able to walk us through sort of those conversations and get us to the right landing point but it's 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 tough to sit back um as a bailer fan on your keyboard and be like, you should add us. We're super religious and weren't allowed to dance until twenty-five years ago. You know, like that's a reason you should add us. So uh I think there there's a well thought out argument to be made there. I I just don't know if I've got that answer, you know, in my head.
1: Yeah, time is not on anybody's side at this point. It seems. I agree. Mm -hmm. There there's I understand everyone keeps saying twenty twenty five, no one's gonna be here it will not last that long. It's just not going to. Yeah. Maybe it's two years. I hear a lot of people keep mentioning the 2023 that, that feels more realistic. Mm-hmm. I will ride with 2022 because, man, I have a hard time seeing that happening, which is why I keep thinking in my head, mm-hmm. man, if you have Big 12 Media Days next summer, do OU and Texas even show up? Like, do they just go like, nah, we're good. We don't, we yeah. don't need to. We don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Like, that is a thought I had last night, and it's been rolling through my mm-hmm. head of like, The next year is going to be weird enough. If you have to do it for two, do
0: you,
1: do you just pretend? Are you just pretending for the kids? Is that, is that the way it works for, for two years? And then every, and then we go about our separate ways, even though we knew it was coming. Like I, I am, I'm both like, it's like going into a, a, a haunted house, man. You're like, I don't think this is a good idea, but I'm also slightly strangely intrigued by what kind of nonsense is going to pop out of the closet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think without, you know, kidding ourselves, I think everyone has OU and Texas circled on the calendar every year anyway. That's just, I mean, I can't speak for every other school, but I know Baylor does. Um, so, you know, having that play into everything, knowing this might be your last chance to, to get, you know, a crack at either of those schools, I think those games are going to be extremely fun this year. Um, and, you know, if, if I if I was a betting man, I would say that there's a good chance that, you know, the Big 12 commissioner is going to have to hand Oklahoma a, 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 t- a trophy this year, knowing that they're going to run out of the Big 12 with it, you know, in their back pocket, which personally, I think is hilarious. I think it's going to be the best thing. You know, uh, part of me wants, you know, Iowa State or another team to come up and win it. But I think the funniest possible option is Oklahoma winning it, going to the college football playoffs, doing whatever happens there because you never really can predict that Uh, and then and then leaving the conference Um, I think Oklahoma fans think that's a pretty likely situation and if I was in their shoes I would be rooting for it I think that would be you know thinking about finances aside for the rest of the conference that is like objectively the funniest thing that could possibly happen here Um, or you know Texas surprising people and coming and win it because you know they have the players to do it every year Um, it just you know doesn't necessarily (laughs) come together
1: (laughs) I mean I don't think, like, I think we would all find it funny if Oklahoma did. We'd all be uber annoyed of Texas of like, oh, now you figured it out. You couldn't yeah. figure that out the last decade when, and now you got to leave because you, okay, now you figured it out. Oh, all right. Yeah. Smart. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah. Like I, it's going to be, it's going to be insane. It's going to be nuts. Mm. I, I don't, I'm ready to enjoy it. Like, I, yeah. like that, that's the thing. Like I am, I am looking forward to this season in a, in a weird way, like there's the part of me that just is excited for college football. There's a the part of me that's excited to to be able to talk about and see real games and games yeah. that aren't during a COVID season. And then there's part of it that's like driving by a wreck and you want to slow down and see what happened because, man, oh man, like who who knows like what insanity are we going to see in when yeah. conference play starts? And like non conference will be great. Conference play, those first conference games where oh, OU or Texas had to play a conference opponent, yeah. it's going to be really, really. Interesting. Yeah,
0: I, I can't wait. Kind of like you were saying, you know, um, zooming out from this conversation a little bit, you know, when I think about college football, I just want to wake up and have a handful of drinks and watch Baylor play sports. So a as long ha- as I can handful, continue doing a handful, that, yeah. a handful, you know, wh- whatever that <laughs> amount means to you uh, is probably correct um that's what I so I can just yeah (laughs) just grab them all in so as long as I can continue doing that um everything else is just sort of keeping me entertained you know uh we can talk about realignment all you want we can talk about conferences or whatever but if I can wake up and I can drive to Waco or I can fly to wherever I'm going and watch Baylor play I'm probably not going to lose a ton of sleep I don't know if a lot of people think that way but that that's sort of where I landed it's you know we can wring our hands for the next 18 months and we probably will I probably will Um, but if, you know, September 3rd, 4th gets here every year and I can drive up by 35 and watch a game, like, I I think, I think I'm going to be all right.
1: All right. So I'll wrap up on this with you, Evan. Um, Mm -hmm. whatever happens, um, who of the remaining eight schools that Baylor is with, would you want most want to make sure that you guys get to keep on the schedule annually? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the first answer for me is TCU. I think there, there's a lot of, I don't know if it's ingest or real life bad blood with uh, Baylor and TCU, but I like love playing against them. I think it's fun uh, getting to call back on past games. You know, we had a big win over them in 2011, again in 20, I believe it was 2014, uh, mixed in with a couple just massacres where they came to Waco and hung 60 on us. Uh, I think it's fun to have a rival like that where you know we we have a big win in 2014. You know, every Baylor fan's gonna scream 61, 58 every chance they get. Uh, I think TCU beat us like five times in a row after that, and we just kind of all choose to continue thinking about 2014. So I just think it's fun to like have a rivalry like that. So if I can see TCU on the calendar every year, I'd be really happy. Um, I don't know if I wanna see Iowa State now as much as I used to, now that they've you know got a really, really talented program that uh, we can't just circle as a win every year anymore. Uh, but if I could keep them on the calendar as well, I think that'd be really fun. I think there's there's this weird love hate relationship with Baylor and Iowa State fans at this point on the internet, and uh, getting to travel to Ames, I've never been to Ames before, so getting to eventually make that trip up there would be really neat. Uh, but I don't know if that's the consensus of Baylor's fan Baylor fans, but on my side, if I can see TCU and Iowa State pretty regularly um, moving forward, I think that'd be a good a good thing to keep on Baylor's calendar. Yep,
1: yeah, that's awesome. Evan, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate your time joining us here to talk about, uh, about Baylor and do me a favor for a you check out the you on social, which is pretty much where most of your stuff is done working. At <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I really just kind of send tweets into the void at, uh, at Evan a bear. It looks like at Evan Hebert. Uh, I can't promise you'll have a good time, but you'll get to make fun of me a good bit, which a lot of people have been doing. Um, so if that's your lane, come through, come throw some shots at me, but, uh, yeah, that's where I am. Uh, I'm on Instagram with that handle as well. I post my dog mostly, but, uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm at.
1: Very cool. Evan, appreciate your time, man. And I uh, hope to do this with you again soon.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me on. Podcast Network.